I guess this is our revoir. <laughs> Mom, Adidas. <laughs> oh, she's gone. Al, our baby's gone. Hold me. Well, I didn't hold you when we conceived her. Why would I start now? Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Just like Buddy Burgers, we are made with love and lard. My name is Al. (laughs) And I'm Dan. And I got a brother named Mongo. No way! I got a brother named Mongo! (laughs) (laughs) Wow, yes. Unfortunately, guys, although introduced, Jamie will not be on this show. She's a little under the weather, so... The grimy, dark atmosphere of the nudie bar was just not the thing tonight for her. <laughs> no, it was not. So, yeah, she has to get healthier, and that really doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't get healthier hanging out in the nudie bar. No. So, uh, get well soon, Jamie. Uh, she's going to mail a tape over that I'm going to play on rebroadcast, you know, for iTunes and YouTube when we rebroadcast this live appearance we're doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to add that tape into here so you still get to hear Jamie's thoughts on this week's episode. So this is One Down, Two to Go, original air date, November 25th, uh, 1990. This is season five, episode 10. Director Jerry Cohen, writers Ralph Farquhar, Michael Moy. Special guest stars, Stuart Zully, Julie Gray, Charles Howerton, and Rick Roman Waugh. And Jax Teller. No. <laughs> <laughs> As Jax Teller, yeah. yeah. We'll get to that. So, <laughs> pretty amazing, really. <laughs> yeah, it's called Two Down, One to Go. Peggy goes off the deep end when Kelly decides to leave the nest and get an apartment of her own. Bud is up late watching Dateless Dude Late Night Theater. We'll be right back with more on Dateless Dude Late Night Theater. (laughs) Do you remember watching when you were home all summer and it was like a late night and your parents were sleeping and you were downstairs and you were like, oh, it's funny, we mentioned it in the last show, watching like USA up all night and like trying or hoping that there'd be some kind of nudity on there. Or they were those, like, cheesy, you know, 80s movies with all these hot chicks and bikinis and stuff. Loved it. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of my favorite things, actually, is, I, I like, waking up at 2 a.m. Like, say, fall asleep a little early or something. And then you wake up, so you have, like, a lot of energy. And then you stumble into exactly what you just said. Like, one of those up on the – and you're like, oh, my God, it's a perfect movie for 2 a.m. right now. Yeah, or when you had HBO back then, and like you're hoping, well, it's 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 eleven o'clock, it's one o'clock. There has to be a naked girl in this movie, right? <laughs> right. And, it, and then you get real desperate, just start watching Dream On. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They always have something, right? <clears throat> so that was really relatable. What Bud was doing, and then then he's like 
passing out, and then she goes, "Do you like to be spanked?" And his <laughs> eyes light up. <laughs> he was so happy. <laughs> Do you like to be spanked? <laughs> well, I'm looking for some naughty boys who need my special brand of discipline. Just dial the number you see on the screen, and remember, kids, be sure to ask your parents' permission. <laughs> Let's go. Now I wonder why. There's no way Bud likes to be spanked, right? He's just he knows that it's a sexual commercial, basically. That has to be the only reason he was into that, right? Right, and I think that if he's not into that specifically, that just for him, that just opens up a world of possibilities. Like if you're down for that, then you're down for a lot of other things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Bud calls right away this hotline. Um, we all heard Al's phone bills before, so this falls right in line. Hello? Yes, I- I've been bad. <laughs> Do what? Well, if I have to. Uh, she makes him get on all fours and bark like a dog. <laughs> that she does. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's so funny that I just can't see Bud doing this, but yeah, what, I, then again, I can. That's the weird thing, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I, <laughs> nothing would really surprise me with Bud. <laughs> Kelly and her boyfriend, Jake, walk in while Bud's, you know, in the midst of this barking. Cool, bud. Uh, that was Buck's mother. (laughs) He didn't want to talk to her, so I just... Yeah, save it for the psychiatrist, bud. (laughs) Why don't you just go on upstairs and nick at night yourself to sleep? I need use of the couch. I was here first. And besides, last time you and a victim used the couch, we had to deflee it. <laughs> or have you forgotten about the Lester incident? Hey, I got a brother named Lester. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> then he here's what's amazing. You made a joke on the last show about Al stalking people's pets. Yes. And you said Al versus Lester? Right. Which you were referring to the dog in Halloween, Correct. Okay. So Bud says, last time you and a victim used the couch, we had to deflee it. Or did you forget the Lester incident? Oh! Oh, wow. Obviously, dogs have fleas, right? And Lester. Like, how weird is that? That that is crazy. (laughs) And Halloween just came. The new Halloween movie just came out. So it's And it's Halloween, like, now. Yes. It's October 24th, and Halloween is exactly a week away Next week, yeah. Yeah. So, do you think anyone's going to be listening to our show, or are they going to be doing Halloween stuff next week? Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Married with Children podcast fans are pretty rad, so I think they'll check it out. Yeah, I mean, guys, you have to drive to work that day. <laughs> well, no, it's funny that you say that, because, um, so, obviously... Alex and I are huge horror movie fans. Uh, Jamie as well. For October, um, I, we've been watching nothing but horror. So The Married with Children is actually a nice little break from that. It's perfect. It's a nice little balance. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? It's, it's nice to get away from horror and go back to having a good time with comedy. I mean, I have a good time with horror, but you know what I mean? Like, there's laughs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, right. <clears throat> exactly. We like to be terrified, but we like to laugh. Right. Kelly hooked up with Mongo in a dirty pile of laundry. <laughs> Whoa, I got a brother named Mongo. Really? Wow, that's so weird. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that's his mo? Is 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 getting it on in a pile of dirty laundry? I don't know. <laughs> Look, Kelly. Why should you be stuck downstairs? You're 18. You can do what you want. I mean, you don't have to use the sofa or the back seat of a car or that dirty pile of laundry you used last night with Mongo. <laughs> no, I got a brother named Mongo. I have a weird confession. Back when in my, like, really young, wasted, drunk days with my buddies, we used to um, get wasted, in, like, when I was, like, 21 to 20, like, 5 or so. Uh-huh. In this In this dude's basement, like, f- virtually every night, it seemed. But, you know, probably just more in the summer, you know, and it let up a little bit after that. We did that, and we it was just, like, the craziest times because, like, the things that would go on – um, like we'd have this thing where we just kept punching each other in the arm and whoever could not take anymore. And then the next day we'd wake up with these welts all over us and stuff. Like <laughs> we did all this stupid drunk stuff when you're, you know, young and drunk. Oh, yeah. So I remember, and I wonder if I subconsciously did this for this episode, you know, those, uh, those bean bags you sit in those bean bag chairs. Yes. I used to have one. Yeah. I made that out of a dirty pile of laundry <laughs> in the basement. I sat on there. <laughs> So that that's the only thing uh, I can relate to with Mongo. With that, <laughs> I never I never had a girl in there. No, we used to do so much dumb stuff though as kids. Like like you said, like with the arm punching thing. Like me and my buddies used to have this thing where we just get completely obliterated and shoot each other point blank range with paintball guns. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to talk about waking up with welts? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude! You you can barely move when you get up in those days, right? Exactly. And now I still can't. It's just because I'm old. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> now you are. <laughs> hey, you're right behind me, pal. It's true. What are you anyway? Now I'm approaching thirty-four. God, you're still thirty-three. You're mm-hmm. so lucky, man. Not till February too. So yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's been sneaking boys into the house since she was 12 years old. Yes. Now, I gotta say, knowing that, knowing that she wants to go upstairs and play strip Nintendo, knowing that she hooked up with Mongo, with Lester, with uh, Larry, Jake, and all the other guys we've seen, I'm still baffled by her giving Al advice that don't let them touch you because they won't buy the cow if they can get the eggs for free. Right. (laughs) <laughs> right what is she speaking from when she gives that advice and and 12 is pretty young to me and it just makes you think of how bad alan peg are at parenting to a certain extent <laughs> like you like i always just assume kelly got that aspect of herself like in the later years but uh guess not i guess she's been at it for a while well remember the slumber party where the police were called and she was eight years old remember that mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah she's always been pretty bad Come on, let's go upstairs and play strip Nintendo like adults. All right. Oh, hi, Daddy. I'm 18 and I can do whatever I want. This is Jake. Hi. 
We're going to Kelly's room. Hold my calls. <laughs> you, were you ever so brazen to talk to a chick Absolutely dad? not. Not like that. Hold my calls? Not like that. And if anything, it's the opposite. Like, you make it seem like, oh, yeah, you try and, like, make conversation or whatever, and then you wait to, for that later moment to slip to the bedroom. But <laughs> you don't just go right to it and say, hold my calls. Like, I'll be honest with you, he deserved it. Oh, yeah. Well, what does he deserve? He deserved Al walking down the stairs with him in a headlock, <laughs> banging his head on the end of the banister, banging his face into a brick wall, and then as they were going out the door, he seemed like Al was going to, he goes, here's the door, and he was like, no, no, please, no. And he goes, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then he takes him, and I like how Al uses his left hand to push his head against the door frame as his right hand's on the back of his neck. Yes. And then he grabs the door and slams it twice on his head. <laughs> <laughs> so what's that, Jake? You say, how do you get out? Well, how about the door? No, please don't. Oh, don't worry about it. <sighs> <laughs> Dude, this is like probably, I believe, the most iconic <clears throat> example of Al doing this type of thing to Kelly's boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, this one was great. <laughs> it was very um, methodical, too, like going through the motions. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was great. This is the peak of this, this thing. It's pretty nostalgic to me, too, because this is the first episode I ever recorded on a VHS tape. Oh, right. That's right. You did tell me that. Yeah, so I killed this up. You know, you know, like when you get into a show and then it you finally occurs to you to start recording it, and then you finally get that tape. And you know, back then things aren't accessible. You know, you don't have VHS tapes to buy in the store. Mm -hmm. You had no money as a kid, and it wasn't on around the clock like it is. Because mm -hmm. back that was during the original air run, you know. Right. So uh, I, that means I started watching this show in 1990. Like this episode is. Uh, landmark part of my life because that's my only gauge for when i started watching this right so yeah this was great him smashing this guy around the house so i like how kelly just stands there oh dude did you see how hot kelly looked when she was standing look at the rewind it and watch when al slams his head into the brick wall Yes. Look at Kelly's legs on the landing of the stairs. <laughs> it is perfection, dude, in that mini skirt. Yep. <sighs> so she just sits there watching all this. Then you see her eventually fold her arms when Al throws Jake. Mm -hmm. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> Gee, but judging by where he landed, I'd say I'm about eight, ten inches from my record toss at 20 feet. <laughs> I believe that was uh... Uh, Larry. Hey, I got a brother named Larry. <laughs> Is, does this mean, like, as the guy is rolling and where he lands on the floor, or are we to assume Al threw him 20 feet airborne? Uh, definitely not airborne. That's not possible, <laughs> even for this show, with, uh, right. with with smoking hair and all that. <laughs> now, do you think the uh, the Uncle Phil Fresh Prince of Bel-Air shtick came from this or was inspired by this? I don't know what that is. He uh, th There's a reoccurring thing. On Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where um, where Uncle Phil 
uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff, who plays jazz, he always throws them out of the house and he just tosses them. And but it, you get an outside view, and he just always goes. <laughs> he's just always flying through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I feel like it was at least inspired by this. Wow. Yeah. Why not? Yep. This was a groundbreaking show, and everybody was watching. <laughs> there was even one episode where, <laughs> where Jazz threw himself out because he just because yeah. Uncle Phil just gave him the look. He's like, "I got this," and he just tossed <laughs> yeah. himself out. <laughs> wow, that's just like what Jake does in this episode. It, it, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think Al does toss him, but Jake does the rest for Al. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> But no, I know Uncle Phil. I'm more familiar with Shredder from the Ninja Turtles cartoon. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People are always like amazed to hear that uh, Uncle Phil did the voice of Shredder in the Ninja Turtle cartoon. That's so funny. Amazing. He was great. Now, real quick, the title of this episode might be a reference to the 1982 black exploitation film of the same name. Mm-hmm. But for this episode, it's really used to show that Kelly's gone, so one down and two to go. Like, Al still has to get rid of Peg and Bud before he's truly happy. Right, right. Now, you would think that would be a reference to just the kids, though. You know, like, to put Peg in there. It's kind of... Yeah, Al wants her gone, too. It makes <laughs> sense for this, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. And so I'm so glad somebody made that movie. Now we have such a funny title. Right, exactly. Daddy, we have to talk. I'm 18 and I have my rights. Well, believe her, Dad. She's heard them plenty enough. She has the right to remain silent, the right to an attorney. Don't you have to get down on your hands and knees and call somebody? <laughs> Come on, Daddy. Why can't I do what I want? Al, honey, I need my tushy wrapped. You see what can happen when you sneak into somebody's bedroom before you're married? Well, I want my rights in this house. And I am going to hold my breath until you understand that I am an adult. So Kelly is 18 and wants her rights. She holds her breath like an eight-year-old to get them, but she wants to be treated like an adult. (laughs) How ironic. (laughs) I'm going to pass out now. (laughs) I'm holding it. I am not breathing. I'm really serious this time. I think I'm blacking out. (laughs) There, I've done it. I've blacked out. Are you happy now? <laughs> Have you ever held your breath as a protest to your parents? Uh, yes, and no matter how hard you try, it's impossible to hold your breath and, and actually pass out. Yeah, it's funny how we, how like our instincts, our basic instincts as youths is to basically commit suicide. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Like, you're you're trying to kill yourself or do something, right? Like, what are you, what are you trying to... You're trying to hurt yourself, right? <laughs> exactly. What else could be accomplished? You think that if you don't breathe, you'll die, I guess, right? Right. <laughs> she may need mouth-to-mouth dead. Should I call some street-corner bums? <laughs> it is just those kind of inseminations that make Daddy think I'm a bad girl. If she only knew what inseminations were... <laughs> But yes, she met insinuations. <laughs> Daddy, if you won't listen to reason, then I'm just going to have to get my own place to live. Sweetheart, threats don't work on me. No one's rubbing my toes! <laughs> you see, I've already been to hell. <laughs> Now we get Peg's reaction to this whole thing while Kelly's leaving. She's leaving, Al. Do you know what that means? 
It means we're old. Old, Al? It's not so hard for you. You've been old. I just never thought this would happen to me. Here it comes. Am I getting old? How would I know? I never look at you. Well, Dad, I guess this is our revoir. Mom, Adidas. When Kelly was leaving and Peg was freaking out, mm-hmm. like crying because she thinks she's getting old, that was Kelly leaving, but she didn't have a bunch of luggage or anything, right? No, I, I just assumed that she had moved uh, earlier, you know? And now she's just getting last little bobbles and saying, okay, see you later? Right, yep, saying goodbyes and all that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's weird that they didn't, they didn't think that would be the right visual, though, right? To have all that stuff with her. Right, with, yeah, at least a couple bags. Yeah, something. Mm-hmm. All right, now there, Missy. I think we played this charade a little bit too long. Okay, let me explain something to you. Don't be fooled by Couchise over here. In the real world, you can't find a place to live without money. I think it's um, spelt C-O-C-H-I-S-E. And it was, Couchise was the leader of the Chikawawa local group of uh, principal, it, it was an Indian. But what did he do? C-O-C-H-I-S-E? Yep. A key war leader during the Ap- Apache Wars, he led an uprising against the U.S. government, which began in 1861 and persisted until a peace treaty in 1872. Um, he wanted peace with the white man, and he was he went undefeated. I don't know how this relates to Peg in any way, Attacked everything in his path with an, uh, with an unbridled fury. <laughs> well, so maybe that's Peg. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. It sounds funny, though. Cow cheese. It just sounds funny, right? Well, and I have heard that before. People use that that phrase. So I just <laughs> – I'm a little weary as to what the context is, though. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess it would take – we'd have to know everything about the guy to see if he sits on a couch all day. You know, and <laughs> exactly. Maybe that's the thing. Right. <laughs> I have money, $246. Which is laughable even if you convert that to today's money and then times it by 10. Right. Let's just say you do that. Let's say she has $5,000. Mm-hmm. That's going to last like what? All the world's expenses and rent and everything, okay. it'll last you like four or five months? If that, yeah. Is that how much money she has now so she can, you know, um, just get going? Because, you know, then she could work at her job. Oh, wait, Kelly doesn't have a job. <laughs> like, so that that's where it just comes to a grinding halt. It's like, where did she get this money? The Bundy bounce, I guess she got it. Maybe, yeah, probably, actually. <laughs> Maybe she saved us from there. I don't know what she's done since, but... Yeah, that is just bizarre. Like, that number they threw out, you know? Like, $246. It's really funny. It's weird that nobody in the house seems to say, well, Kelly, that's... What's that going to do? Right. You can't even get... You can't put a down payment for the month's rent and a ca- and you can't buy a couch. <laughs> Al asked her for money after that too. Yeah, instead he asked <laughs> her for a loan so he could buy a blue bowling blue swirl bowling ball. Now here's the weird thing: while this is happening, this episode, my eleven year old self 
my dad bought me my first bowling ball, and it was blue with a swirl. Oh, wow. How weird is that? And I was, every time I watched this episode, I was like, oh, I got that. She's gone! Al, our baby's gone! Hold me! Well, I didn't hold you when we conceived her. Why would I start now? <laughs> I, I want to say something about this, too, in terms of um, bringing it back to just a simple episode. We went out of the household, obviously, to Kelly's apartment at one point. But I did like how contained it was because, like we said before, there were a couple of crazy episodes and um, pretty wild scenarios where this one, it, when you look at it just on the surface, it's pretty uh, It's pretty basic. Like, you, like this has yeah, happened. Pretty on, grounded. Yeah, and, and it's happened on other sitcoms before. It's not like it's there, you know, um, it's not like – Al trying to kill a animal in the garden or, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's very like real life, like you said, grounded in a sense. So I like that too. Kind of like we were talking about that before where, uh, this show continues to show its range, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so, this show is so lucky that it has such a range. It's great though, because God. we can go from this and then go to something completely off the wall. And now because it, it kind of um, spreads the field, so to speak, you can go to all those things and nothing seems out of place and you can bounce around back and forth. Al, I'm really getting worried. Kelly promised that she'd call it. It's been six hours. And, and yet you were okay when she used to go to drive-ins in a van that read Virgin Sacrifice Tour 90. <laughs> Everybody in ripped jeans, no underwear, and a black hood is a bad influence, honey. Go away, pig. We should run around like that. What, in a van like that? That with the jeans and the black hood? <laughs> no underwear? That'd be cool. With no underwear? I'm down. I'm already halfway there. Just make sure the rips and the jeans aren't very high, you know? <laughs> a little breezy. <laughs> You'll freeze the cheek in those babies. <laughs> <laughs> So, now here's a line I didn't get, so I'm really hoping you understood this. Oh, God. Al, was I a good mother? You're not even a good smoke. I thought he said you're not even a good smoke. I don't know. Yeah. You're not even a good smoke. You're not even a good smoke. And I went to put it on um, subtitles, but there are none. Right, and I've done that many times, and that's why, yeah, I didn't on this one. And I, too, asked, what did he say there? I do remember being like, what did And I rewound it and for the second one, because I've done this before on the show. There's been several lines where it's like, wait, what, what was the quote exactly? And I rewound it, and I have no idea what he said. Mm -hmm. Well, that's your job, uh, everyone listening out there in no man land. Tell us, what did Al say? You're not even a good what? <laughs> and please, if you, you this this show is airing uh, in October of uh, 2018, guys. So if it's uh, January of 2021, you don't have to bother telling us. I'm sure we heard it already. Right. And, and, uh, exactly. Now, in the timeline of things, too, uh, like we went off of uh, last week's episode, this should take place when? In about November, right? Like November, maybe early December Around now. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And supposedly it's 80 degrees. I knew you were going to say that because <laughs> yeah. you're good at keeping track of that. Mm -hmm. Well, if I buy that. 
80 degrees in November. Dude, it's like 50 degrees now, and it's it's not even Halloween yet. That's true, too. Yeah. So Thanksgiving actually passed three days ago in mm. in this timeline of this episode when it aired. So Yep. <laughs> yep. So um, Peg decides that the best approach to feeling younger again or to just comfort her with this void in her life is to smother the other child in the house. Mm-hmm. Bud. Now, that's pretty good writing. I think that that kind of makes sense. That's what you do. You look around, you're like, oh, wait, I still have this one. Yeah. And then you try to make up for things, you know? Now, I wanted to say something uh, about Peg in in this scene. Um, When I watch this, like, and I think, obviously, um, she's an amazing actress and this character is great. But that part of Peg is so annoying. (laughs) <laughs> oh my baby like it's so like and i get like we've seen it before too but i was just like cringing when she was when she was doing that whole thing i just i just wasn't feeling it at all hush little baby don't you cry mama's gonna give you a pizza pie uh, dad oh yeah yeah, I didn't see you rushing and helping me when I was rubbing her butt low those many years. There's a 10 spot in it for you, Dad. Oh, all right. Hey, leave the boy go. But I need someone to hug. You're on your own, son. I'll get it. Oh, my baby! Mom, I'm warning you. (laughs) Hello? Hi, Kelly. Okay, yeah, I'll tell him. Bye. She got an apartment. Ah! (laughs) And if that pizza pie don't sit, Mama's gonna buy you a chicken wing. And I love how, like, when she sings Hush Little Baby, she adds food into it, which is the least, like, why are you reminding anybody that you don't give us any food? I never had a chicken wing or pizza from you. (laughs) I know, right? Unless it was Thanksgiving. (laughs) Exactly. Or we're cooking because Al uh, can't eat because his teeth are messed up. That's the only time you cook anything. I guess I guess that's the equivalent to a diamond ring, because yeah. they're both, uh, <laughs> in most cases, like pretty unobtainable or on a special occasion. <laughs> Much like Peg cooking a pizza. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You ain't getting no diamond rings in that house either. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Kelly might get one from a rich uh, older man. <laughs> yeah. That's so Al thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, not in this episode. My little baby. Just a little, 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 little man. Open the hangar. Here it comes. Help me. What are you complaining about? At least you're eating. You'll never leave your mommy, will you? Why would I go out with a girl my age when I could stay home and be oiled and powdered by my insane mother? Oh, Al, what will I do when he gets too big to cuddle? That's it. That does it for me. If you need me, I'll be upstairs writing my soon-to-be-published 
How to stay cool while mommy watches you tinkle. <laughs> oh my god. So she took it so far that Bud was standing there peeing <laughs> in the toilet and she would stand at the door and look at him while he's doing it. <laughs> now, what, is, what do you think he meant by staying cool? Uh, how he could even do this? Like how he could do it without being pee shy? Or do you think that he was trying to stop himself from getting an erection? <laughs> definitely, definitely the last one. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Whatever. That joke isn't even that out of bounds for the setup. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it's weird to begin with. <clears throat> Bud goes upstairs and now she's already preparing his next meal. Like, she feels so motherly that she realizes. That you're supposed to nourish your children now. Mm-hmm. So now, first you don't feed them at all. And now you overfeed them. Like, he just got done eating uh, probably oatmeal or something. And now you're already making a mashed nana bowl? <laughs> mashed nanas. Cookie, can we talk? Oh, sure. I just have to mash nanas for Bud's lunch. <laughs> I've wanted to eat that since I saw this episode, just for the hell of it. Oh, that's another Patreon thing we should do. Yeah, you would do that, wouldn't you? The mass nana ball? Yeah, would you take bananas and actually smash them the way she did and and eat them out of a bowl? And then uh, Lacey could lick the ball when you're done? Because <laughs> Al said he, he'd leave too if he couldn't lick the mass <laughs> nana ball. <laughs> you do that? You know what's so funny? My girlfriend does call her nanners too. <laughs> oh my god. Perfect. Tell her to lick the nana ball. <laughs> She'll love that. Wow, that'd be great. You guys should do it. <laughs> join our Patreon, ladies and gentlemen, and you'll find out. Yeah, that'll get everybody to join. <laughs> I'm telling you, it will. We should start We should start offering um, exclusive videos for the people that even put $1. They could then go onto the page and say, licking Nanobolt. I gotta find out what's going on here. Yeah, Lacey licks mash Nanobolt. <laughs> That that is they're like okay where's my dollar <laughs> <laughs> this I gotta see now <laughs> ah. see I found my angle to get someone to support the show <laughs> let's see how many supporters we have this right now. show's growing by the day eighteen people support our show well wow. I just like to say thank you okay well I I'm kind of losing track but uh, I think I thank most of these people but let me throw in people I think I didn't. Katrina, Don. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you, Katrina. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, dude, you are amazing. Thank you, Katrina. Thank you, Katrina. Marvin, (laughs) Melissa. Chuck, it's your cousin Marvin. Marvin Barry. (laughs) Listen to this. (laughs) You know that new sound you was looking for? Listen to this. Oh, my God. That was the best trip through Patreon we ever took. Well, guys, uh, thank you very much for supporting the show. You believe in the cause. You know it's hard work. If everybody just gave $1, we wouldn't have to lick mash and <laughs> Or we will, just for fun. For right, for you. For yeah. you. Right. No, if you all gave, we would lick the mash and I'll tell you what. If we get 20 patrons right. on our Patreon, I will make all this stuff happen right away. No, and I'll do the video. I'll, I'll okay. upload the video. And I'll have a tang wipe. And then the Tang Witch I'll do once we have 25 patrons. 
Well, I didn't want to interrupt you while you were uh, emasculating our son. But, uh, Peg, I suspect your mind, uh, much like the lost continent of Atlantis, no longer appears on any map. You know, Al, kids grow up so darn fast. Let's have another baby. <laughs> now, this is like a haunting line for season six. Absolutely. Yeah, season six, the whole thing is basically... Not the whole thing. I'm yeah. sure I'm being like making a blanket statement, but a lot of it seems to revolve around Peg being pregnant. Right. That's where it stops being the golden years for me. Okay. This whole hail baby thing. Like it has its it has its thing, but yeah, I I don't know. We'll get to it. We'll get, you know, cuz you know, like I said, blanket statements and blanket uh, thoughts, but once we get into every single episode, we can actually see if I'm exaggerating or if it's not that overwhelming like I think it is. Mhm. You know, and how we'll prominent do- of a plot point it is throughout the season. Exactly. Right. Well, we'll have to figure all that out as we do. Al says, instead of having another child, he'd rather dive off the Sears Tower headfirst into a thumbtack. <laughs> JPEG, there's just a couple of things I'd rather do first. Uh, I'd rather dive off the Sears Tower headfirst into a thumbtack. <laughs> or I'd rather bait a crocodile with my manhood. <laughs> Which I believe is what got me into this mess. <laughs> Dude, I've used that line way too many times. Oh my times. god, I loved it. I love that line. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's really sad is that that building is actually, it was founded by Sears and Roebuck, you know, obviously. So, the sad thing is ta- that that tower was bought out by the Willis Group in 2009. By Willis renamed- Wheeler? <laughs> no, Willis Tower. <laughs> it, it was give me your tower that's mine now <laughs> man yeah so the the sears tower is actually called the willis tower right now oh and it's still commonly referred to as the sears tower though like nobody's really buying into that no <laughs> nobody's subscribing to the willis tower <laughs> no <laughs> well that's like um we have a local venue around here and it's changed names like 50 times. It was like the Comcast Center, this, that, the other thing. But like the original name was Great Woods. And But it was like back in the 90s. Everybody still calls it Great Woods. There you go. And then he, uh, he said he would also rather bait a crocodile with his penis. Now – Well, I don't think he said exactly that, but <laughs> – Oh, well, he said manhood, Right. <laughs> right. Is that that's what he means, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I just oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't think he phrased it that way. <laughs> no, but which apparently is what he did with Peg. <laughs> Peg is a crocodile with red hair. <laughs> she really is, though. Like, no, because I I thought about that, and she really does resemble a crocodile in a sense. Just her <laughs> mannerisms and and her ferociousness. Uh... And how she just ch- chomps and chews away at your life and spits you out. Right, yeah. exactly. You're the one who took Phelps' eye. <laughs> now, uh, what, Al? He's not going to throw in that he'd rather uh, see Roseanne Barr do a striptease? Oh. <laughs> I guess he already did that one, right? right? <laughs> yeah, you already played that card. You don't even miss Kelly, do you? Nope. <laughs> you are an unfeeling brute. I must bathe my boy. Oh, bud, here comes mommy. Get out the ducky spot. 
it's just getting weirder and weirder, man. Uh, so he does the classic, I guess, uh, cartoon. Well, yeah, I, I think it just happens in older movies or something where people tie bed sheets together and they climb out a window. Right. Have you ever done that? Nah, I, I never thought that would actually work. I figured I would just fall to my death. Well, it <laughs> on a thumbtack. <laughs> Yeah, as I'm falling, I'll like I'll dive so my head hits a thumbtack, right? So what does that mean? Like Al, it's so funny that Al even says that. It's like you obviously wouldn't even feel the thumbtack, right? Yeah, it, it, being there or not makes no. There's no bearing on on what's happening that day. But Al still would rather have a pierce right through his head right before <laughs> his uh, his shoes hit the back of his ears because that's what would happen if he jumped that high. I think it's just there to emphasize the feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a great thing because it's so ridiculous, but it's still funny. Right. It's just the best line. <laughs> yeah, but escapes. Now we get to the greatest thing ever. And I've played this commercial. Back when... Uh, I started producing this podcast. I thought it would be cool to always have like actual commercials from this show in commercial areas for our podcast. And then I gave up on that shortly when I realized that I'm on episode six already and I ran out of all of Al's five, five, five shoe commercials. (laughs) I ran out of the buddy burgers commercial. I was like, listen, I'm not going to go searching for this. And there's, there's not enough to really fill this void. So I'm not doing it anymore. (laughs) It's a good attempt though. Yeah, I'm glad. But then again, it threw the whole show off because the season four Al was nothing like season one Al. Yeah, that's another thing that's that's weird. And, you know, it's funny because when you watch them episode by episode, like you don't notice mm-hmm. it. But when you make mm-hmm. a jump like that, it's it's like it's very crystal clear. Really bad idea mm-hmm. of mine. Yep. Well, no, I don't think it's a bad idea. It's just um, it's hard to sustain. Right. Yeah, that, and it was a weird tonal shift, and it was hard to sustain that idea, but yeah. I'm not an unfeeling brute. She's 18, she ought to be gone. If I didn't get to lick the mashed nana bowl, I'd be gone too. Today on Oprah, parents who just don't give a damn and grew old and depressed because their children left and won't talk to them. Daddy, can I have a buddy burger? No, honey, you've had too many already. Then I hate you, and I'm running away forever. Bonnie did run away into the path of a speeding truck. The moral is, have us scrape one off the grill so you don't have to scrape one off the street. Buddy, buddy, buddy burgers made with love. And lard! What a commercial. It is just brilliant. If I can't have this hamburger, I hate you, and I'm running away forever. <laughs> she runs into the street. And gets hit by a truck like devil's rejects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they say the moral is have us scrape one off the grill so you don't have to scrape your dead child off of a street. Oh, my, right? <laughs> with a shovel. <laughs> Like, wow, <laughs> that is insane, dude. But it just goes by like, whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, Al. I'd like you to meet my new boyfriend, Sam. So now Marcy comes in with this douche named Sam, mm-hmm. <laughs> who is played by Stuart J. Zully. And uh, he's not, you know, he's cool. He was, he was funny here. 
He's known for The Sopranos, Blue Bloods, Wolf, 1994, uh, you know, with uh, Jack Nicholson. Mm -hmm. And Perfect Opposites. Let's see. He has 46 acting credits to his name. Well, he's big on the uh, Sopranos, too, I remember. Yeah? Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a prominent character, for sure. Apparently, he's big in Law & Order, too. <laughs> Obviously. Um, and he has worked even this year. He was Al Glassman in something called Speed Kills. <laughs> That's weird. Halloween. Hey, jerk, speed kill. <laughs> right? <laughs> All these Halloween references. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's that time of the year. That it is. He was on One Tree Hill. I was just going to say that because uh, one of my friends, that's like her, she said she has watched the entire series of One Tree Hill seven times. What? Can you imagine that? How is that even possible? I don't know. Huh. She, because I've watched Sons of Anarchy three and a half times. Right. Um, I just, I'm right about to finish season three for the fourth time. Mm hmm. There are other shows, I guess. I have watched every episode, maybe more, three or more times, sure. But seven is something I've never done. I've watched certain Marrow Children episodes like 50 times. Right. But definitely I have not seen every Marrow Children. Um, I have not seen every single episode more than seven times or anything like that. Right. Uh, yep, so that's him. Very recognizable guy, though. Yeah. Typical classic late 80s or 80s guy. And he was all about Marcy. Oh, man. He was way into her. I wonder why this didn't work out. So the way you get introduced to this guy, because so you're already like kind of made not to like him though, is that apparently behind the scenes they were rolling on the floor laughing about Al's life, and he said, "There's no way that a grown man would sell women's shoes." So she goes, "Okay, I, I'll if we get him to admit it, you give me twenty bucks or whatever." <laughs> and then she goes, "He's been doing this for twenty years." He goes, "There's no way he's been doing this for twenty years, even if he did sell shoes." She goes, okay, another 20 bucks if he admits that. Okay, I'll give it to you. Al, tell Sam what you do for a living. I, I sell shoes. <laughs> and how long have you been doing this? 20 years. <laughs> and then, the one, the, it's funny because those are both amazing. Mm -hmm. But then you get to the last bet they made. And finally, exactly how old are the socks you're wearing on your feet? Not quite as old as the hair on your legs. I don't think that type of humor is really funny. No. Right? I mean, it could no. have been so better, right? Like the last final punch to this great setup. Yep. Didn't like it at all. I just kind of, I, I, I kind of made a face at that line, but whatever. Yeah. Because yeah, you like the first two so much, right? Right, 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 right. And I think that's why it was probably uh, more noticeable because the first couple ones were fire. Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. How old are they? Like, what does that even mean? My, the socks on my feet are probably like seven years old, but I wash them. Right. And I, and I have 20 other pair in this drawer, you know? I keep them clean, though. <laughs> I'm sure they just kind of did that to set up the not nearly as old as the hair on your legs I mean, I don't know why that would have to be his counter, but it was good enough to have him just steal all the money she just won from her and walk away. I guess that works that way. Or how about if she said, when was the last shower you took? You know, or something like that. Right, right, right. But how old are the socks on your feet? Like, how about, 
when's the last time you washed the socks on your feet? Right. Something a little bit more poignant than just how old are they, you know? I don't know. Yeah, kind of lame. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, well. I'm glad you're here, Mars. I have to talk to you. You know Kelly, don't you? Blonde, pretty, her boyfriend sometimes climb into my room by mistake. Yes, I believe I know the young lady. Well, if she had $246, she could find a, a nice place to live, couldn't she? $246? Well, with money like that to throw around, you gotta figure she's either living in a big gulp cup... <laughs> Or she's selling her body for Pez. Remember Big Gulp Cups from 7-Eleven? They still got that? Oh, absolutely they do. They yeah. still have Pez as well. Yeah, yeah. remember Pez used to lift the head up and the, the candy would come out of the guy's neck? I hated Pez. I only ate it just so I could keep flipping my favorite character's head and getting something. Right. And then you'd eat it and you'd be like, this is disgusting. But you'd just you just keep coming back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't sell my body for them. <laughs> right. <laughs> would that be great, though, if Kelly... Oh, dude, I would load up on Pez, man. Oh, without a doubt. I'd be like, uh, oh, is, is that what you're doing? <laughs> I'd be like, well, Kelly, we could keep your numbers down. I mean, I'll just, just keep calling me. I'm, I got plenty of Pez. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why do you ask? Well, she moved out. Think I should go get her? Absolutely not. This is Kelly's first step towards independence. I mean, even if she's starving and freezing to death and setting a rat on fire for heat, she's still better off. I mean, if you go and rescue her, you're only going to reinforce the traditional role of female subservience to men. And that's something I find personally odious. See some knee, babe. (laughs) And then she shows him. Yeah, Yeah, she was totally feeling it. Well, she's just happy to to be found attractive by a man. Of course. Yeah. And he was digging her for sure. Yeah, he was blowing in her ear. So don't worry. It may not be an easy row, but stop that, you scam. (laughs) But I think Kelly is perfectly capable of surviving on her own. Yeah, it was kind of cool, though. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, that's where I began to like him, because I kind of like guys who are, like, really into chicks and they don't really care about much else now we didn't see where this goes in this episode between the two of them but like you said i wonder what happened to this guy yeah we should like have a in the season four wrap-up show uh, season five wrap-up show yes exclusive to patreon members join get together all of marcy's boyfriends for the season and talk about them all and like maybe pick our <laughs> favorite and stuff like that for whatever <laughs> various reasons and where and where are they now where are they now? Why did it not work out? <laughs> right, exactly. Man, we're going to have a hell of a time with the dance episode, huh? Right. <laughs> it's like six guys we got to wrangle together. <laughs> <laughs> on her own, on her own, on her own. <laughs> Al begins to have flashbacks of Kelly as a child attempting to spell cat. Yeah. Uh, she never really progressed that much, did she? <laughs> no, she just wrote the letter straighter and bigger. Right. <laughs> I love that. She still got it wrong. But now, let me ask you a question. Now, this is a big one. Wasn't that crazy how much that little girl resembled her? Yeah, dude. The second one? Why? Yes. Yeah. The, the one you're talking about, her name, Emily Samuel. Mm-hmm. 
And she was a child actress, but oddly enough, she was only in one other thing besides this. Oh, really? Yeah, so she really wasn't, like, an actress of any real kind. Uh, she was in Shocker. I, yeah, that's, the, that's the other thing, right. Hey, Wes Craven? That's a pr- like, I'm sorry, but if I did two things in my life <laughs> and, and one was to be directed by Wes Craven and to be unmarried with children, I'd be pretty happy with that. I'd have, like, like my scene screen caps on my wall and frames. <laughs> right. Look, here's my name in the credits. <laughs> exactly. Hmm. So, yeah, so Al has these flashbacks, and it's always the cop bringing Kelly home, her waving to her dad, hi, um, and then her trying to spell cat, and nothing changed. It's so funny because it's just like – and I love when Al takes away the, the paper and pen from her so she can't do this anymore. Right. He's just – he's over it. He's like, okay, we're done with you trying to learn how to read. <laughs> just think, maybe if Al never took that away from her, she would have eventually learned how to read. Right. <laughs> it's amazing the decisions we make, how they can impact our children. Stay tuned next week. For a very special – Married with children. On Halloween. <laughs> yep. Okay, so now Al heads over to Kelly's apartment with... I don't even know how he knows where she lives. And he doesn't even tell her he's coming there. Mm-hmm. But uh, he gets off the elevator. Looks like a nice place. And the two guys that are on the elevator with Al who look at each other and do that wave like he stinks motion. Yep. That is the show's creator's. Michael Moy and Ron Levitt. Isn't that crazy? And they're uncredited. And That's oddly crazy. enough, uh, although I made the joke that um, if if I was Emily Samuel, I would have screen capped, you know, the thing. And, and look, there's my name in the credit. She uh-huh. was actually uncredited. Oh. <laughs> and she didn't get a credit. <laughs> so she, she can't do that. So Kelly's apartment, not that it matters, is number 538. It's pretty amazing looking for $246. <laughs> yeah. Too good to be true. Why is that? Daddy. Hi, pumpkin. I came to see how you're doing. Well, come in. I, uh, I brought you something. Pez? Yeah, I, you know, I didn't want you to have to you know, do anything for him. Hey, this is some place. This. I'm at TV. Is that a cable box? Mm-hmm. Ah. <laughs> Gee, it's blowing on my neck. It's the air conditioning, Daddy. Oh. There's no way that a roommate would let you, like, why would I let someone live with me if all they have to their name is $246? Right. And, and not only that, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it makes sense, though, that if she pays half of the bills or most of the bills, rather, like Kelly says, yeah. that's clearly being paid from her father, from that guy. Oh, what else you got here? Nice. <laughs> Great Caesar's ghost. You were worried about me, weren't you, Daddy? Move over, Kelly. And I'm really sorry about Mustard. The... <laughs> I wanted to call... Knife. <laughs> that piece of bread too is human like that thing's so big as he eats it <laughs> like could you imagine eating a sandwich that big uh no 
Kelly says right there that her roommate takes care of most of the bills, and in bizarre timing, uh, a 52-year-old man comes into the apartment and says, Honey, I'm here. Kelly, how do you afford a place like this on only $246? Well, kind of sharing the place. My roommate takes care of most of the bills. Honey, oh. here. Mmm, don't you look nice. Puts his hand, and he has the flowers in his hand. So it seems romantic, obviously. And uh, who are you? Well, I'm the guy that did this. Oh! <laughs> Daddy, you don't understand. Oh, I understand. Old guy, young girl, fancy apartment, cold cuts like there's no tomorrow. I know what's going on. I'm so upset I can hardly eat this sandwich. What would you think, honestly, if you were Al? Like, do you think Al's wrong? I mean, maybe... He's wrong for just punching before asking questions. Um, no, I think he was right on. Yeah, I think it. I think it more speaks to Kelly, though. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, because if Kelly wasn't who she was, he wouldn't think this. Like he, he's been in this situation before. <laughs> so he says, "Oh, I'm the guy that did this," and he knocks this guy over the couch while he's holding a sandwich in his other hand. Right. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, and then Brooke, Kelly's roommate, comes out. Daddy, what happened? Dad, meet Brooke, my roommate. You killed my daddy! (laughs) You mean you're not having an affair with my daughter? Of course not. You really do care, don't you? Well, sure I do. You're my little girl. Obviously, Brooke was Kelly's roommate and not this 52-year-old man. Right. Brooke is played by Julie Gray. She's famous for The Naked Truth, Striker, 1983, Knight Rider, and Dr. Alien, which I have to see now because you have to look at the cover of this. Dr. Alien? Dude, go to IMDb and look at the cover of Dr. Alien. I can't take my eyes off of this. I almost like the look of the aliens in the Married with Children episode more than that. What, what is that? That looks more like um, a mix between an alien and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. She was also, let's see, Married with Children. She was only in that one episode. She, this, this girl didn't do too much. She only has 10 credits. So saying daddy, daddy, that's her big, uh, it's a big moment for her. She was in the Ozzy Osbourne, the ultimate Ozzy TV special. now this guy he was on another episode of married with children he was nelson in top of the heap 1991 now this is later in season five top of the heap this is the one where charlie verducci and the dumb son vinny remember the spinoff where um matt leblanc was in like this weird spinoff they're trying to do a married with children I didn't know that. No. See, this is something that we haven't talked about, but I know nothing. I never even knew there were spinoffs. Yeah, maybe you just somehow – yeah, there's so many episodes. It's easy not to come across like these couple. It's not like it happened a ton. But yeah, I didn't realize this This is all happening so fast. I always felt that that was season six. Mm. But it's, uh, it's, it's very late. It's uh, episode 20 of season five where this happened. Mm. So th- this guy comes back for that episode. 
It's time for no man to take a little break in the Jiggly Room. I'm the DJ, and I'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Merry with Children. You're the spirit of Christmas, my star on the tree. You're the Easter Bunny to Mommy and me. Your sugar, your spice, your everything nice, and your daddy's Hey guys, my name is Wazell. And my name is Dave Z. We're two of the hosts of the Banana Laser Horror Podcast. Yep, we're big fans of the Married with Children show and the Married with Children podcast. Our show is all about blending humor similar to that podcast with horror films. If that sounds like you as well, we've got a series for you. It's Banana Laser's Halloween Retrospective. Wazell and myself did an extensive breakdown of the entire Halloween film franchise, from John Carpenter's original all the way to the Rob Zombie duology. Take a listen. You don't know what death is. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for Banana Lasers Loomis Impression Hour. And speaking of that mask, what a bad man! The same bad. It was a. Oh. a eight, it was the worst mask Dude. that they used in H two O. Let's use that one. Is Michael Myers the only thing in Loomis's life? <laughs> Does he ultimately need Michael to escape so he has something to do? <laughs> You know what I mean? For his fucking whole career. Yes. Yes. <laughs> she's trying to speak, and it's almost like she says <laughs> that old fucking uh, thing, "Twas the night before Christmas." It's almost like she says, <laughs> "Twas the boogeyman." <laughs> Twas the boogeyman. <laughs> the fucking top salesman comes to visit. What does Cochran do to reward him? He kills his, <laughs> him and his family. He's your top salesman. Is Loomis Jamie Lloyd's doctor? It's his new obsession. Michael is dead. Does, he has nothing else better to do. He went from Michael to Jamie. That's it. Haddonfield has grown is what's going on here. It's, as soon as part two comes around, they have their own hospital, Haddonfield Memorial. Now we have the Haddonfield Children's Clinic. Yeah. You know. The economy is booming yeah. thanks to Michael Myers. Shit is really <laughs> happening. And uh, he comes into the, the the building, and I go, hey, what's up? He goes, hey, man, saw Halloween too, Rob Zombie? I go, yeah. He goes, I hate Rob Zombie. <laughs> and I just looked at him like, what do, you t- what do you mean? Like, why? You didn't think it was good? I just couldn't believe it. And so I go, when that movie fucking ends, I feel like I fucking had an orgasm. <laughs> Plus, Al guest stars on the series as well as co-produced it. We had great fun doing this series and think you'll have just as much fun too. So make October last forever by heading to our YouTube channel, Banana Laser Show, and click the Halloween Retrospective playlist. Plus, our podcast website, horrorfilia.com, or anywhere you can get a podcast. Just search Banana Laser. Trust us, with a name that dumb, we aren't hard to find. So happy Halloween and peel back some Banana Laser. What are you hunting, Banana Laser? Banana Laser, go home! You don't know what death is? Okay. I shot him okay, six Dave, times! Okay, Dave, I think they got it. Dave, they got check it. Check it out, okay, guys. Thanks. <laughs> guys, you gotta check that out. If you're a fan of horror movies, and particularly into the Halloween season, these guys, the way they get in into every single Halloween movie and all the sequels, 
Um, wow, it's such a great time. Uh, you definitely have to listen to this. I, I myself listen to this every single October of every year, and I produce the entire thing. But uh, definitely check this out if you're a fan of Michael Myers and the Halloween movies. You know, Pumpkin, maybe we can bend a few of those old rules if you come home. Can I have boys in my room? Well, let's take that on a case-by-case basis. So that sounds pretty good, right? If the guy looks like a upstanding kid, he could, uh, I don't know, well, I don't know what, like what, he can go in her bedroom? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I just don't see Kelly attracting anybody of that caliber, though, so... That case-by-case basis is <laughs> – I kind of know what direction it's going to head in every time. Uh, yeah. It seems like every single case will be the kind that go into the wall. Head <laughs> <laughs> to the wall. <laughs> so uh, the last scene, uh, Bud is on all fours again, barking into the phone again. Hoof! Hoof! Oh! Kelly comes in with Jake again. Uh, this guy doesn't learn, does he? Well, obviously neutering doesn't do a damn thing. <laughs> Hi, Kel. Uh, I was just scaring off the cat that keeps calling here. I'd either get a girl or get a collar. Oh, I guess you two will be needing the couch. Oh, Jake, on your way out, check out our file of free clinics nearby. Thanks, dog boy. Well, we won't be needing the couch. Dad and I have an agreement. We're going to my room. Are you sure? My left eye still wanders from the last one. Worry, Daddy's just a big old teddy bear. Real quick, let's talk about Jake. His name is Rick Romanois. He's basically, he's not an actor, Dan. He is uh, really just a stuntman. Really? He has six acting credits. Was he on Knight Rider as well? Uh, he was in The Crow. He was in The Crow, really? Yeah, Tango and Cash, Lethal Weapon 2. I'll bet you being a stuntman on The Crow, it kind of comes with a little baggage, don't you think? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh. He was in Teen Wolf 2 with Jason Bateman. With the one that makes no sense? Yes, the boxing one. What? So wait, was it his cousin? I, I still Yeah, something like it. that. Uh, yeah. The dumbest thing ever. He was in Total Recall. Dude, this guy was in some big stuff. Really? But he was all stuntman, so I mean, it's like, whatever. He was in Universal Soldier, Last Action Hero, Hard Target, True Romance. Really? Last Action Hero is my jam. Sudden Death, which is one of the worst movies ever made by Van Damme. Sudden Death, yes. yes the hockey one, dude, is unwatchable. Um, yeah, so he's a pretty successful guy, Jake. Uh, he looks pretty cool he looks uh his hair he looks like jacks teller that he does in a weird way like not exactly his face but when when he goes back upstairs to go and do whatever with kelly in her bedroom al brings him back down the stairs in a headlock and at this point (laughs) he's wearing a black vest a dark blue shirt light blue pants and the blonde long blonde hair he look it looks like al bundy has jacks teller in a headlock (laughs) <laughs> basically it's fascinating and that scene too when he when he hits his head up against the um the banister yeah when he points to it <laughs> it's so good because it's that one of those sitcom things where it just shakes like uncontrollably oh does it yeah yeah 
And now at this point, Al, you know, he's like, well, we've done this before, Jake. So let's just let's just go through the motions. So Al just I, I love the way Al points too. like it's just this. like He knows. Yeah, he already knows. And then he turns and he points at the brick wall. Jake just runs headfirst into it. <laughs> now we got to give it give him some credit, though. Al, you know, is nicer this time. He doesn't slam his head into the door twice. Right. Now, do you think that he, uh, this dude and Kelly had the conversation before about the case-by-case basis situation? Yeah, so he's like, oh, yeah, well, he'll probably let me in this time. Right, and I feel like that's why he, he ran himself into the wall because he had a chance, but he knows he's so stupid that he messed it up. But it's like if it's a case-by-case basis, why would you bring the same guy? Obviously, he was one of the cases where Al doesn't want him in there. You know what I think? I think that Kelly, would. she wasn't going to lose anything either way by trying. So she thought, "Eh, we'll see if this works. Yeah. And 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 I think she really knew that it wouldn't. But like like I said, what does she have to lose? I think she should have went for the pile of dirty laundry again. She, yeah, she she would have probably been more successful. I agree. Um, you and your uh, laundry pile in the basement. Yeah, she should get drunk on Mike's Hard Lemonade and <laughs> do in the pile of laundry. Is that what you were drinking? Back then, that's all we drank, man. That changes the whole situation. Dude, my stomach was like a, a bowl full of sugar at that point. <laughs> it was great, though. God, when you, you know, back then you didn't like beer and you were like, well... They have this fun stuff to drink, and you start drinking those, and man. <laughs> and then eventually you realize how expensive it is compared to beer, and you're like, okay, where's the Miller Lite? <laughs> I, I once worked with this kid who was uh, who stole a case of Mike's Hard Lemonade from, from, from the place of employment. You have to. But, but the funny thing was is he got caught. Like they caught him literally on the way out in a golf cart. And we were like, I don't know what's more embarrassing, getting caught or the fact that you got caught with my cards. Lemonade, yeah. In this, in this day and age, dude, it was cool back in 2001, but it's not so cool like now. Right. At this point, we should have all moved on and moved to Fireball or something. No, I didn't, no, that's like 10 years ago. Fireball, though, is, I mean, even though it's stronger, it's like the equivalent in terms of like heartburn and sugar. <laughs> what do people drink now? Probably those white claws, but that's expensive. It's like seltzer water with alcohol in it, and it tastes like black cherry soda. Yeah, that's such a stupid thing. Yeah, but it's expensive though. That's the problem. You could have six of them; it'll get you as drunk as beer. But it's like, it's like eleven bucks a six pack. So six slits, whatever's free. Yeah. So Al tosses him. So long, Jake. So long, Al. <laughs> I do believe that's a record. And Bud gives him a high five, and that's the fun ending. (laughs) No, ma'am, we'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. 
You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. All right. It is time to rate this bad boy. Your rating. So how many times out of five are you slamming Jake's head in the door (laughs) for this episode? Now, I, I, can, I, I know you're rating on this, uh, approximately. I would give this episode four head slams. Nice. Four head slams. I was going to go three and a half, but because th- there were those couple uh, jokes that we mentioned that, um, that just kind of fell flat. But uh, in terms of enjoyability on this episode, that, that was definitely high. It was fun. It felt like a really quick watch, too. Oh, yeah. Some episodes you watch, and I don't know if it's because of the number of um, sets that they build. It just seems like sometimes they're longer. This one was was really contained, and it went by really quick. And most of the jokes were, were hilarious. I mean yeah. – you know, falling off the Sears or jumping off the Sears Tower onto a thumbtack. Like, come on. So, um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely rate this episode four head slams out of five. Now, how do you feel about the new set in terms of do you wish this episode was moved around differently? Would you like to spend four times as much time in Kelly's apartment and cut out a little bit of peg? babying bud or do you like that and do you want marcy scene in there like how do you feel about how they utilized that set i think that yeah you utilize marcy like you did um cut out the the peg stuff all of it or like two minutes of it honestly i think i think that it wouldn't have worked if you just put in a little bit so but at the same time i think it it could have been a little bit more in Kelly's apartment or whatever, but that that's just a stupid little nitpicky thing. But I, I just, like I said, it goes back to the thing I said about Peg and how annoying her voice was in those scenes. So I could have done without that altogether. Yeah. That's probably why you lean towards that. Right. I see. I feel like if we spend more time in the apartment, like what would we see her negotiating how to stay there? Oh, don't worry. My dad's going to take care of it. Like, would that really be necessary or is it better? We couldn't do that because you need the surprise aspect anyway. And you could have used Al in different scenarios too, like he did with the sandwich, like like clogging her toilet bowl or something, like anything. Yeah, like possibilities are endless. So I feel like with that setup, there 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 were a lot of opportunities where they could have added stuff on. But at the end of the day, the episode's the episode, and yeah, it's still really good. Yeah, uh, I give this a four point five out of five, but in my heart, it's a five out of five. Because, you know, this is, you know, obviously the first one I ever had on tape. It's it's very special to me for that reason. If I were to be really subjective and just take all that out, which I try to do, you know, I, we don't want to do bias reviews or anything. Right. So if I if I did not have that history with this episode, I, I still really like it to love it. So 4.5 out of 5 slams on the Jake's head in the door. <laughs> The opening was amazing. Bud, late night, barking. Kelly comes in with Jake. Hi, it's Jake. My name's Jake. Hold my calls. We're going into Kelly's bedroom. Then the hitting his head on everything. Then Kelly putting her foot down. You know, we're, we're going to acknowledge that she's 18 now. And, you know, she needs more freedoms. And then she's leaving. It's funny that she only has $246. 
they go. Uh, watching Peg emasculate Bud was funny. It was a really interesting uh, and odd thing that even Bud let it go as far as he did. Right. He bought he, not bought into it, but he gave into it. Like he let her act this out because she needed it so much or something. Right. Um. So that was even interesting to think of that. And then even Bud has enough when he goes, "Mom, I I'm, I warn you, he's going to punch her." When he goes, "I'm warning you." When he answered the phone and Kelly said she got the apartment. Things like that. Like, it was just all really good, really strong. I love Marcy's scene. I love Al dreaming back to Kelly as a kid. Uh, it was just so cool. And um, going to the apartment, knocking the guy out. Then Jay coming back, Al pointing to the things. And he just r- r- hits his face on them all. Like, oh, my God. And the ending with a high five. Right. It is perfect. Like that was good. Maybe I am just gonna give it a five, man. Because are you? Oh yeah, I mean changing your rating. Yeah. What the hell? This is just <laughs> this is everything I want in a marriage with children. And I definitely found it really interesting that they went so far with things like married with aliens and Wabbit season, and at least the end scene for Do You Think I'm Sexy, where Al morphs, you know, back to himself. And then we come back to something that, besides the $246 part, it's really believable. Right. You know, uh, not that I'm looking for believability, but just saying that we're able to, like you said, use the range we have now. Yeah, and and that's what made it fun, too, and they can go anywhere from this. And and you know what I like, too, though? It's not necessarily episode to episode now. It's kind of... um, it's kind of within the episode where they can do some grounded stuff and then have jokes or have situations where he's tossing a guy 20 feet within right. the same yeah, episode. <laughs> and it doesn't seem that far out of left field. It seems like it's all one cohesive show. It's just they have a um, they have a, a whole variety of things that they can go to, whether it be off the wall or whether it be very grounded and, and stuff like that. Yeah, it's great. Great stuff. So, yeah, season five is killing it. Hi, it's Jamie, and I'm going to hold my breath until you become a patron on Patreon. See, I did it. I blacked out now. Are you happy now? (laughs) Sorry that I missed the actual review with these guys. As you can imagine, I would want to put my two cents in here because I don't think anyone will be surprised to find out that this is an episode that I dearly love. And, of course, that's because, one, it's Kelly-centric, and, two, it's Al showing his daddy love for Kelly, which I always love. We get some great moments here when Kelly decides that she's going to move out because she can't do whatever she wants to do. Of course, we get the example of Al tossing her boyfriend out after smacking him on the banister, smacking him against the wall, smacking him between the door and the door jam, which is great. We revisit that a little later in the episode when it gets to the point where the guy just hands him his belt loop so he can toss him out. And we get those great jokes about all of his brothers that coincidentally have names of boys that Kelly has snuck in the house before. So it's fun. When Peg finds out that Kelly's going to be moving out, she is upset. And then she goes through this whole I'm a terrible mother thing. And then we get to see her trying to make up for being a bad mother by now being an overprotective mother and an overbearing mother with Bud, which is very funny. She discovers that his head is lumpy which is great. And then in the end, we have Al going to rescue Kelly from what he perceives to be a scary situation where he thinks she has moved in with an older man. And then we find out, no, in fact, that is the father of her roommate 
But we find that out after he punches the guy out, of course. And, of course, we get another one of his famous, I'm coming, pumpkin, lines, which just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. I really do love this episode. I explained the reasons earlier. I really don't think anyone's going to be surprised by that. I hate that I missed this episode with the boys because it would have been a lot of fun to talk about this one since it's one that I love. But that's basically my feelings about it in a nutshell. And I hope you enjoyed the rest of the show, as I'm sure you did because these these guys are great. I know they didn't probably miss a beat. I'm not sure what they did for rating, but I'm going to give this episode five punches for pumpkin out of five. I love, love, love it. Thanks. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Jamie, for that submission. Glad to hear it. Hey, head slams, pumpkin punches, it's all good, man. Thanks for the uh, rating, and yeah, man, five out of five, undeniable. Great to hear from you. Sorry we missed you, and yes, can't wait to hang with you in the nudie bar next week. Mm -hmm. So tune in next week as we review And Baby Makes Money. Al and Peggy stand to inherit a fortune by producing another Bundy baby. Wow, what a coincidence. Peg said in this episode, I-, I want another baby. And then in the next episode, they say, you know what? Let's uh, let's use that as a storyline. And then they did for this next episode we're going to do next week. Uh, it has nothing to do with what transpired in season six or seven. It's a standalone thing.